From the food we eat, the air we breathe, the land we dwell, to the health of our body and mind and the well-being of all things in the universe. Unlock the science with Chula Radio Plus. Hello, I'm Lawan Jira Suradet. Today, Unlock the Science will deal with a complex economic issue, middle-income trapped countries. What is a middle-income trapped country? Let's start with a what a middle-income country is. The World Bank classifies middle-income economies into two groups, lower middle-income and upper middle-income. Lower-income economies are those with a gross national income per capita between roughly $1,000 and $4,000. And upper-middle-income economies are those with a gross national income per capita between roughly over $4,000 and $12,000. Thailand is currently an upper-middle-income country. Gross national income, or GNI, is the total amount of money earned by a nation's people and business. It is used to measure and track a nation's wealth from year to year. The number includes the nation's gross domestic product, or GDP, plus the income it received from overseas sources. According to the World Bank, these middle-income countries, both lower-middle-income and upper-middle-income combined, are home to 75% or three-quarters of the world's population and 62% of the world's poor. In other words, over half of the poor people in the world live in these middle-income countries. At the same time, these middle-income countries represent about one-third of global GDP and are major engines of global growth. This means most people in the world still remain poor and live in middle-income countries, but they are the key drivers of economic growth of the world. Middle-income trap refers to upper-middle-income countries which fail to move upward to become a rich or developed countries. The World Bank introduced the term middle-income trap in 2006 and designated Thailand as an upper-middle-income country in July 2011 moving the country up from its previous status of lower middle income. Therefore, as a country, Thailand is no longer a poor country. Knowledge at Wharton, an online business analysis journal published by the Wharton School of University of Pennsylvania in the United States, describes the situation of being trapped as when a country's wage rates have become too high for it to compete against low-wage, low-income nations. And yet, that country lacks sufficient innovation and highly skilled personnel to compete effectively against the highest tiers of knowledge-intensive products from developed or rich countries. And so, such countries commonly suffer from low investment, slow growth, limited industrial diversification, and poor labor market conditions. Thailand recorded impressive economic growth rates in the 1980s and early 1990s. Then came the devaluation of the Thai currency in July 1997, which triggers a financial crisis in East Asia. Another global financial crisis in 2008 also hit many countries in the world, including Thailand. 
Thailand's economic growth has become slow in recent years, even before the COVID-19 pandemic devastated the country in 2020 and 2021. According to Office of the National Economic and Social Development Council, which is Thailand's top economic and social planner, the country's economy grew about 4% in 2017 and 2018, and then the growth reduced to 2.3% in 2019. Then came the worst since the regional financial crisis in 1997. Thai economy shrank 6.1% in 2020. Private consumption expenditure and total investments, which all are key economic drivers, dropped in the year. Many projections also see another bus years in 2021. Thailand's central bank, or the Bank of Thailand, projected in early August 2021 that the country's economy would grow only 0.7% in 2021 a downward revision from 1.8% only two months ago. In the 10 years since Thailand became an upper-middle-income country, its economic growth and domestic situation do not show the country would be able to escape the middle-income trap soon. Is this a worrying situation? Is there a fast track to get out of this trap? Unlock the science editor and producer Sin Fatan Sarawud talks to Dr. Birgit Hansel, country manager for Thailand, World Bank, on the characteristic and situation of countries trapped in the middle-income bracket. Dr. Hansel also discusses the economic situation of Thailand. Dr. Hansel, why do you think some countries such as Brazil, Argentina or Thailand have failed or have been slow to climb up the economic status to become high? income or developed countries? Middle-income countries are very diverse uh, countries in terms of size, population, income level. What we often see is that as countries reach middle-income status, they encounter second-generation or frontier reform challenges that reflect a more advanced stage of their development. And we at the World Bank work with many middle-income countries to meet these second-generation development challenges. Uh, But please keep in mind, uh, since I had mentioned the extreme diversity of middle-income countries, that they also have very different uh, development needs. And when we ask what are these challenges we often see in middle-income countries, uh, we see that development challenges exist that relate to lifestyle diseases, non-communicable diseases that increase aging populations, pension reform, tertiary education access social inequality, competitiveness, trade and tax policy challenges, financial literacy, green growth, urbanization. These are very typical challenges for middle-income country. I wonder, whether are there any similar characteristic share among the country that being trapped in the, mid, in the middle income? So these colleagues of us um, identified two types of common traps that middle-income countries could fall into. Um, So on one end, they observe middle-income countries trying to sustain labor-intensive manufacturing export-like roles, despite the competitive advantage, uh, disadvantage caused by rising wages in their countries. 
And they come uh, across many cases where policymakers who had absorbed, observed the, the growing diversification of their economy as a transition from low to middle income country status, status, trying to continue that process by artificially encouraging new industries um, with uh, not very good economic foundations. And the important lesson uh, here is that more advanced uh, countries tend to specialize um, was really ignored. And these countries then became trapped because they failed to identify alternative sources of demand to replace uh, exports, which they so heavily relied on. On the other hand, we have countries that try to leapfrog prematurely into knowledge economies with none of the institutional framework uh, in place to accomplish this. And this could be poor quality universities, um, low levels of human capital or limited venture capital or regulatory barriers um, and um, challenges to the rule of law. And all these institutional um, infrastructure, how we call it, presents significant barriers, barriers then to becoming an innovation-driven economy. And some middle-income countries that invest very heavily and prematurely in trying to become knowledge economies can then find very low returns to such investments. So the combination of this wasted fiscal spending and uh, perhaps not perfect growth diagnostic that fits their country can lead also to um, this um, middle income trap. In World Bank experience, are there any country that were able to climb upward to become a high income country faster than other? If so, what are their strategies? What we are seeing in terms of policies and strategies in countries that were successful are the following. So first, it is really difficult to achieve high growth without strong macroeconomic stabilization policies. So sound fiscal, monetary, and financial policy making supports long-run economic growth because it helps countries to control inflation, avoid deep economic crises, and be resilient to uh, cyclical volatility that all markets face um, globally. Second, what we observe is that strong in institutions and rule of law are essential to both. So the quality of governance, including public sector efficiency, control of corruption, uh, the effectiveness of legal systems, uh, enforcement of con uh, contracts, are all really strongly correlated with economic growth. And likewise, we see that an overburdening government that distorts markets or interferes uh, in, um, in the economy and weakens private sector leads to lower growth. Third, uh, an important factor is investment in education and human capital development. So this is really very crucial. Uh, also, especially for Thailand at its development stage. And because as the returns to physical capital accumulation diminish, the rate of productivity improvements and technological innovations deepens largely, it depends largely um, on the presence of highly skilled human capital. And fourth and final, open and competitive market support. Um, uh, is really important to promote increased specialization 
So efficient resource allocation based on the comparative advantage, um, uh, improved productivity, diffusion of knowledge and, and technology is, is really key. World Bank designated Thailand as an upper middle income country in July 2011. How do you access the economic performance of Thailand in the past 10 years since then, in light of the country attempts to become a high income country? We, we simulated different uh, scenarios from a growth model with um, policy reforms that are business as usual, uh, so no major changes from what we see today, to uh, models that have uh, a massive increase in productivity growth uh, and um, other reforms. And what we uh, could see here is that um, Thailand, um, upper middle income country beyond 2037, if no major reforms effort is started within the next uh, few years. And that would mean actually that uh, Thailand would remain upper middle income past 2050. However, if we would see a very comprehensive reform agenda that includes this increase in aggregate investment uh, and boost in productivity growth, uh, that would hopefully outperform that of um, countries like Korea at the top uh, growth periods. Uh, if we would see improvement in human capital growth and increased female labor participation and improved public capital efficiency, then uh, Thailand could become a high-income country around 2040. Do you have any suggestion for Thailand in particular in dealing with its current economic situation and for the country to be able to move upward? Thailand would need to implement structural reforms that boost investment and productivity growth. So both uh, at the same uh, time. And if we really um, uh, would like to see um, uh, high growth, um, uh, high income growth in the uh, beyond, uh, uh, in the shorter term, we would need to really sustain long-term average growth rates of over 5%. Mm. And that would really require a doubling of the rate of both private and public investment and maintaining a total factor productivity growth as I said, that is similar to the growth that South uh, Korea had um, when it was at Thailand's level of GDP uh, per capita. We will take a short break now. You are listening to Unlock the Science on Chula Radio Plus. According to a World Bank paper published in March 2016, out of 101 middle-income countries in 1960, only 13 became high-income or developed countries by 2008 based on per capita income level relative to the United States. These 13 countries and territories are such as Japan, South Korea, Singapore, Israel, Greece, Spain, Hong Kong, and Taiwan. In the same paper, World Bank said many countries in Latin America and the Middle East have remained in the middle-income trap for four to five decades. Why were only a handful of countries in the world able to escape this middle-income trap? To help us understand more on this issue, Associate Professor Dr. Piti Si Sang-nam of Faculty of Economics, Julalongkorn University, 
will share his thoughts in his talk to unlock the science editor and producer, Sinfa Tansarawut. Dr. Pitti also mentions the key factors that he thinks might be able to help Thailand get out of this trap. Do you think that being trapped in a middle-income blanket is a worrying situation? Um, to be frank with you, I think this is the one thing that we have to worry. But another thing that we should be more worried is not just the income level, but the development level of the economies of Thailand. Because actually for the economists, I think we separate between these three words, the word income, the word development, and the word modernization, which sometimes uh, people who is not studies economics may confuse between these three words, right? Uh, for example, the concept of income, like I told you earlier about the income level of each economies, um, they calculate this number by using the GDP, divided by number of populations, where GDP means the, the market value of the goods and services that countries can produce within a period of time, maybe one year or one quarter or one month, divided by the number of populations. Hence, some countries may have a very, very huge GDP, but they seem to have a also very, very huge uh, uh, number of populations. Population. So the denominator make GDP per capita seems to be too low than it should be. Another reason is that sometimes uh, uh, the living standards, the living costs of each countries around the world is also different, right? So some countries may have a very, very high GDP per capita, but if the goods and services in that country is very, very expensive. So quality of life in that country may not that good compared to the countries that may have a low, low income in money terms, but they can purchase more power, right? And the last thing we have to also uh, consider about this problem is the problem of inequality. Because sometimes the countries may earn a very, very huge GDP, but that GDP was concentrated to only one group a handful of people. So in these situations, that means the average income per head per year mean nothing, right? What do you think are the key factors hindering Thailand to further coming up the economy status to become a high income or developed countries? Ah, okay. Um, in this case, right, uh, there's a study by the World Bank as well, right? Because the concept of middle income trap was forged by the World Bank. So uh, in the year 2016, 10 years, 10 anniversaries, after World Bank using the words middle income traps, they have the one paper. This one paper called the middle income traps turns 10 by the World Bank in 2016. They do quite good survey on the academic paper that try to understand the root cause of, you know, trapped inside these middle income traps and how to escape these middle income traps. So they publish 10 factors that can help or assist one economies to get out of this middle income trap. So if you ask me why we are in the middle income traps, maybe because we run out of these 10 factors. 
these 10 factors start from the first one, trade and technologies. So we need international trades, we need technologies in order to help us develop and get out or escape out of these middle income traps. And the second key success factor to escape the middle income trap is the new ideas and innovations. And to get a new idea and innovations, you need educational reforms and you need to invest more on research and development. The good example of this case is the case of the countries who can escape middle income trap in the past 50 years, especially the case of South Korea. South Korea invests 4.4% of its GDP in research and development compared to Thailand, less than 0.1%. So we need more on these issues. And then the third one, you need a better financial service. You need a better risk, uh, you know, risk diversifications process. With the help of financial institutions, with the help of financial intermediaries, people feel more safe. People can diverse their risk and take chance to become an entrepreneur, to become a businessman, to become the guys who can, you know, create value. The fourth one, we talk about development urbanizations. We talk about how to develop the cities in a more livable conditions. This is also very help, right? Because when we talk about this economic development, we don't just talk about money terms, but we also need to talk about how people feel about their life, how people can enjoy their life, right? And the fourth one, or the fifth one, yeah. they talk about cohesions and inequality. The, the six factors, we talk about corruptions and accountabilities. We need a better rules and regulations. We need a good governance, right? Because we don't want economic rents. We would like all the resources to, you know, pass through and give better life for people not to the corrupted or crooked politicians or you know, government officers. And then the seventh one, this is also very, very important to Thailand because the most important factors of productions from economic point of view is human resources. And last but not least, the last year is about external commitment, about regionalism, about being take part in the global value chains, in the global communities. So that's the nine key success factors in order to avoid the situations of, you know, falling into a middle income traps or the nine key success factors in order to escape from middle income traps. Are you optimistic or pessimistic about the future of Thai economy? And do you think whether Thailand will be able to get out of this middle income trap? If we do nothing, if we do nothing, just make it like, you know, business as usual. By estimations, we will get out of this middle income trap automatically, maybe in the year 2050, 2060s. But it takes too long time, too long a time, right? We don't want to wait that long. If I will ask you to name three factors that you think are the most vital thing that Thailand should do to get out of this trap, what would that be in your opinion? Just three. <laughs> Just three words, right? Mm -hmm. Three factors. Uh, three factors. 
I think in the short terms, we need a better representative democracy. You know, right now we are in the theme of representative democracies, right? But we need a better one when real people can take parts and the leaders also listen to them. So that's the first thing we need. The second one, we need the economy, especially, I mean, in terms of life facilities, reforms, okay, economic reforms. That's the second thing we need. And the third word is human resource development. So that's the three things we need right now. Thailand has aimed to become a high-income or developed country by the year 2037. But Dr. Hansos of the World Bank said, if no structural reform to boost investment and pro-activities growth is carried out soon, the country could remain in the middle-income trap until 2050. However, she is optimistic and has emphatically said, Thailand has been an economic success story in the eyes of the World Bank. Unlock the Science would like to thank Dr. Birgit Hansel, Country Manager for Thailand, World Bank, and Associate Professor Dr. Piti Si Sang Nam of Faculty of Economics, Jhulalongkorn University, for their insight into this complex economic issue. I hope you enjoy our program. You can listen to Unlock the Science on Jula Radio Plus at FM 101.5 every Saturday from 1 p.m. to 1.30 p.m. You can also listen and follow us on our website, curadio.jula.ac.th, and our Facebook page. And our program is also available as podcast. See you again next Saturday. Have a nice day. Unlock the Science is edited and produced by Sinfa Tunsorawut with Lawan Jirasurade as the program host and co-producer. 